just keep being you. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. You never have to be like anybody else cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. A true original right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art, you stand apart. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. It's just me today. It's a solo episode. Um, I have actually a bunch of fantastic uh, guests lined up that are coming on soon, but I wanted to um, devote today's episode to the topic that, a topic rather, that I think a lot of us are probably um, dealing with right now as the, you know, we're wrapping up fiscal year 2020. 2021. Yeah, that that is my COVID brain right there. Fiscal year 2021 coming to an end. So, you know, Q4, everyone's looking at their numbers, their goals, their, um, you know, methods, what worked, what didn't. I mean, I know I am going through all of my, my statistics and um, my analytics and so forth. So um, I guess safe to say 2021 did not turn out the way I had hoped it would. Um, you know, the pandemic, unfortunately, has still, is still uh, very present, even though, depending where you live, people act like it's not, you know, I'm not far outside of Boston. And um, we have, you know, cases have been spiking again for the past few weeks here. Um, I wear a mask no matter where I go when I'm out. Um my hands are completely chapped from using hand sanitizer constantly and washing them. Um, it's still very real and active here where we live. So um, because of that, we're still being super, super careful about um, doing things, attending public events. I haven't been to a public event in I, I, two years. I mean, it, it's just been very, very um, bizarre and much longer than we thought. I actually, I remember talking to my daughter when the pandemic first um, broke out. As I've said before, you know, we're not far from Boston, which is where the breakout here in on the East Coast happened after a convention that was happening in the city. So we were among the first that went into lockdown um, as far as on the East Coast of the U.S. And I remember like a couple of weeks in, you know, of course, then we thought this can't last more than a couple of weeks, maybe a few months. I sat down with my daughter and who was um, a senior in high school uh, at the time and who's then homeschooling because her school had closed down completely. But I remember talking to her about the um, historical account of Anne Frank and her family and how they hid in that, you know, secret annex in that building. And I think, I don't know if I wrote it down, I over 700 days they were they were in the annex. And I remember saying to my daughter <laughs> over a year and a half ago that, you know, it's just been a few weeks, you know, we're, we're not, okay, here it is. They were in, Anne Frank and her family were in the annex for 761 days. And the day I did the math, we were on day 636 here for the pandemic. And as far as life not being normal or not having the freedom to well, if you want to be safe, right, not having the freedom to live life the way we did 
pre um, March 2020. So I remember telling her like, you know, look, we're only like, you know, 30 days. So we've only been like 30 days. So let's put it in perspective. You know, we're, we, we actually have a lot to be grateful for. We can go outside and walk and we can take bike rides and we can, um, you know, play with our pets outside and, and, you know, Lisa and I have to stay inside a house, you know, literally they couldn't even leave the annex. Um, well, the day, the day that I did the math was just a few days ago, we were on day 636 here in this, in New England, which means we're only 125 days short of the amount of time Anne Frank and her family spent in that annex. So I just thought that was, that kind of blew my mind a little. Um, I think if we knew then when everything ha- first happened, what we know now about the length of time and how how much of our lives would come to a screeching halt, I think a lot of us would have really been in a very bad place mentally, emotionally, um, just to think that we you know for almost two years we'd be um, kind of prisoners in our own homes, basically. Um, so here we are. Yeah, April 10 of 2022 will be the same 761 days and Frank count. So I don't know why I'm sharing that. I guess just a perspective that things have been difficult. And if you're fortunate enough to live in an area where it's not bad or life hasn't changed much, well, you know, that's fantastic for you, but it is not the case where we are, where I am. So yeah, business-wise, this was not the year I had hoped either. Um, So, and sometimes we get into that bad habit of seeing other people, it seems like they're just crushing their goals and they're doing all these amazing things and they're getting invited here or they're speaking there or they're showing up here or their book made this list or their um, company's been, or they, you know, named in a fortune 500 or all these things, you know, obviously with being stuck home, right? A lot of us are on our computers more, on our phones more, on our tablets more, reading the news. I have news alerts set up, all kinds of stuff. And sometimes it just ends up having a very negative effect on our mental health because we feel like even if we know we've accomplished goals or we've done a lot of um, a lot of we've been busy and we we've accomplished a lot much of it behind the scenes that is completely you know unseen or unacknowledged by anyone especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're working alone in your basement in your dame cave like I am. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of thankless work a lot of the times and we don't get, and we don't get the accolades. We don't get the, um, the cheering or the, the support that you get when you are, um, you know, going to work at a good company where you have great teammates and colleagues that really rally and support each other. So yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's one of the. One of the more negative, or should I say more challenging side parts about or sides to being um, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, whatever, a mompreneur, all these words for whatever it is that I'm trying to do here. So um, yeah, well, we get caught up in that trap. We see what everyone else may be doing or accomplishing, and then we feel like we have not accomplished anything or that we're so far behind. I mean, yes, I am definitely further behind than I thought I would be at this point. You know, February seventh is my two-year the two-year anniversary for the gentleman boss. So, no, I'm not where I wanted to be, but 
I decided I was going to really dig into my numbers and stats and things and to try to, um, to see what I have been able to accomplish and how things have grown, which I will share later. But what got me, what got me thinking of this episode and the topic is a quote I've seen floating around on social media. Um, it, it came through my feed on LinkedIn last week, and I've seen it many times before, and I absolutely am, in, am a firm believer in it. And that is uh, to surround yourself with women who would mention your name in a room full of opportunities. And I thought that was, it's when I, I remember when I first read it, which was years ago, I remember thinking, why are they singling out women? Why don't they just say surround yourself with people who would mention your name in a room full of opportunities? Well, having gone through my workplace retaliation experience and bullying experience and getting fired and the three women that were behind the scenes involved in it. And then, well, and I also firmly believe the chairman of the board who is a male, um, <laughs> I have another word I could call him, but I won't. Um, I'm sure he was involved in it too, but Having gone through that experience and even some experiences that I've had in the past few years trying to build the general woman boss and trying to create uh, a niche in the a niche in the um in the podcast world and um in, in public speaking and uh trying to build a network of people that would support me. I have absolutely I absolutely now completely understand why it says surround yourself with women who would mention your name in a room full of opportunities, because unfortunately, despite what they preach on their podcast or on social media or, um, you know, to their network about being a supportive woman, many, 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 many are not. They're very self-serving and they, they, um, they keep you around in case there's something you can do for them, but will rarely return the favor. If you're listening to this and you've been through it, then you know what I'm talking about. So I have had, in the past two years, I have had met, well, I, I actually, I'm happy to say I just passed 4,000 followers on LinkedIn. And I think pretty much almost every one of them at some point, we've had a direct message exchange. Like I don't, that's not a lot. Some people have hundreds of thousands of followers. I get it, but it's a lot to me because I really value every single one of my uh, connections and I try to support them. I try to reach out. Um, some aren't active at all on the platform, so I don't really know what's going on, but the ones who are, I, you know, I try to support their posts. I share, I comment. Um, I really try to engage with them because that's what it's about, right? It's community and it's about not just being a taker, but being, you know, a giver back. So I've met some absolutely incredible people. And since we're talking about the topic of women supporting women, um, incredible women that are uh, um, secular-wise, extremely successful, um, ridiculously successful, who respond to every, you know, every, they'll comment on my, on my posts. They will send me DMs, you know, introducing a connection that they think would be great for my network or for opportunities for me. They're, they're very um, proactive in keeping me 
top of mind in and involved in then um and in, in how they in in helping me you know there's no benefit to them but they just are really 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 good at being women that support other women on the other end of the spectrum <laughs> there are uh quite a few people that I've interacted with that are do not reciprocate reciprocate the help that you give do not um do not follow through on things they agreed to, you know, on their end of, of a collaboration. And it's very disheartening because, especially because they, they have this uh, facade of being advocates for, as a woman that helps women, but in reality, they're really, their, their ultimate goal is help helping themselves. And yes, we all want to advance ourselves. We all want to help ourselves succeed, of course. I mean, we wouldn't have a business world if that wasn't the case. But it's it's funny if you pay attention long enough and you watch people's activity and things, you see that there is definitely, there's always something in it for them if they share something or or if they um, promote something online, there's always a kickback to them. And you'll see patterns and you see pods and people in them that support each other and who have thousands of followers and this kind of thing. And it's when you're just one person, you know, one woman trying to affect change and uh, advocate for people and, and be their voice. And you're really trying to get whatever it is you're working for, you know, out there and to sort of see those walls go up excluding you, especially if you've been through workplace bullying, it just sort of brings that all back. I mean, my, you know, my experience with, um, with the toxic, toxic workplace, it was very much about excluding me, um, not giving me the tools I needed to do my job, um, banning me from contact with people in the company that I needed to be able to communicate with, to do my job and to do it well. So it just sort of brings all of those very negative feelings back when when you sort of get the brush off online right and you know we know facebook or meta is under extreme scrutiny right now uh with the whistleblower uh francis hagan i think is hagen hagen and you know the things she's disclosed about how they they know there's harm being done but they because it's profitable they don't care they you know they just keep promoting that stuff so you know there is that uh, we we know the element of harm that is out there on social and you know on the internet um, if we're not careful and but I think sometimes even on a fantastic platform like LinkedIn we can we can, that harm can still come because it's just the human element right people like if someone's selfish or if they're self-serving or they lack self-awareness even if they themselves have been through a bad situation or been fired you know you, you think they would know better they should know better but sometimes they don't so it's again just knowing uh, actually today a, a gentleman in my network put a post up that he had deleted the linkedin app from his phone because he he just felt like it was getting very toxic and it was uh, you know, these petty arguments, he was getting caught up in things. And he just, he says, I knew for my mental health, I needed a break away. And he had taken the app off and he said, all right, just, just by deleting it, he felt this huge relief. And I can relate to that because I've actually been thinking of doing the same thing, just 
after this podcast drops, just taking the rest of the 2021 off and starting the new year fresh and also taking a, that um, social media purge or cleanse just to get a break from it because it is, and unfortunately, because everything is online, right? Because of the pandemic and things are virtual, it's, I feel like that pressure is always there. Like you, you, you don't want to miss a comment or you don't want to miss a potential opportunity to collaborate with someone. So the constant checking and I just miss like walking into an office and sitting down and having a professional conversation with a human being face-to-face or collaborating with someone on my team on a project or um, just, just those business practices that we, we really didn't appreciate when we had them. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to fully come back, hopefully. Um, Yeah. So just the, the, the stress and the toll of social, including LinkedIn, it is a, it's a business platform, but it is still a social media platform. Right. And so I had an interesting experience happen um, recently where I attended a few, um, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, um, an online event. It was a LinkedIn Live. It was hosted by a handful of, um, I call them LinkedIn influencers. You know, they have between them probably 500,000 followers. And um, it was to help some someone promote a product that you know had just come out. So they were, they kind of rallied and had this LinkedIn Live to help this person's product get out there. And, you know, as I was in the event and watching the people that attended, you know, it was like eight, two, six, eight, ten. I was in there early because I actually had another live event a little later that evening to attend while I was hosting, actually. So anyway, as I said, this collective group of hosts on this live stream event have at least 500,000 followers between them. So I think ultimately between the different invites on each of their profiles, I think about 400 RSVP to attend. But as I was actually in the event, I think it got up to maybe 36, 38, 40, 42 people in the event. Um, And as I said, I only stayed a little while because I had somewhere else to be, but it just, it just goes to to reiterate the point that numbers can lie, right? Like everyone's very obsessed with metrics and numbers and counting. So you you have 500,000 followers, 400 RSVP to, to attend. Well, that's only 0.08% of the total followers. 0.08%. So in that, and then as I, like I said, when I was in the event, there was only maybe 40 people. So you could, uh, we can't assume that a huge following generates an enormous amount of interest in whatever you're doing or hosting or or having, right? Because really the followers is just a number. As I, like I said earlier, I mean, a good half of my network, I never see them post. They don't, they're not active on LinkedIn. Yes, they have a profile and a presence there. For some reason, they found whatever message I was putting out there of interest and they connected, but I it's not like every post that I make, I get 4,000 likes on it. I mean, that's just not, it's not how it works, right? So vanity metrics, I guess, is, is the term. Like we don't get caught up in 
the numbers, the numbers game, because it's often not really telling you the full story. Now, in contrast to that, um, I hosted an event, a LinkedIn Live, and I had 120 people RSVP. So that's actually 3% of my followers, right? I have a smaller following, but I had a higher percentage RSVP and show up for my event. Um, so what would you rather have? Would you rather have 500,000 followers and have less than 1% support your event? Would you rather have 4,000, 5,000 followers, right? And have 3% show up. 3% isn't a lot, but it's better than less than 1%. So again, we get so the comparison factor, you know, I mean, we feel like I've been on LinkedIn almost daily for two years and I only have 4,000 followers, but you know what? I, it's fine. They are people that my story and my mission resonate with. And, you know, and because to be honest, I don't accept every invitation. Um, if I visit their profile and I see their activity is, um, I don't know, I, it, ha, it kind of infers that like they like to follow women on the platform or um, they're super political or they're really into heated social issues and extremely opinionated and may, you know, I read some of their comments. If, if anything doesn't set right with me, I do not accept the invitation because I don't, I, number one, I don't need the drama and it's an invitation, right? Like if, you, if you're in my network, you're a guest in my network and vice versa. So I'm not going to invite, I would invite someone to my home that ogled women or sexually harassed women or made women feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to invite you into my network either. So just those sort of things. I mean, I could maybe have 10,000 followers by now or, you know, contacts. But the point is, the point is, the point is that the don't, the comparison factor when you're on social can be discouraging. It can be self-defeating. It can be very draining, but it can also be like a smoke and mirrors type of thing, right? Where you think and you assume this equals this. And especially if people that like to flaunt their network, you know, but if you, if you do some percentages of, you know, likes, comments, engagement against the amount of followers you have, if you figure that, do that math, it's actually most a very low, I mean, unless you're Tony Robbins, right? Or someone like on that level of success, it's not, it's usually a very different picture when you do the math. So just a, a word of caution, especially if you're um, building your brand or you're um, maybe starting a new business or, or doing something outside the box or a side hustle and you're just sort of starting to um, try to build a community and build that uh, your presence on social or online that you know just focus on really healthy positive um, relationships with the people you connect with and keep it professional keep it authentic keep it organic um, there's lots you can buy you can buy followers you can have bots pitch your profile to try to get followers through there's all kinds of shenanigans going on to build your network really fast but that's not the best way to do it 
And if it's discovered, you can be kicked off whatever platform it's happening on too. So just a word of caution, um, you know, you know what you want to do. You know what you want to accomplish. You know what your mission is. You stay true to yourself, to your cause. And the people that are meant to be around you and support you and, and help you succeed will come. They will come. And you just have to trust that process. The Gentlewoman Boss podcast has been named top 20 best month reporting podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in top entrepreneurship podcasts by Podchaser, and top 20 best whistleblower podcasts for 2021 by CastBox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. On this topic, let's just shift gears a little bit. There was an article in the New York Times, uh, December 7th. It was called Millions of Followers for Book Sales, It's Unreliable. And it was by um, Elizabeth Harris. But she shares some really interesting insights about following versus how it actually plays out on the dollar end or on the engagement support, the click are they going to click the bait and buy type thing? So I'm just going to read a little bit a little bit of it to you. It says, a book by Billie Eilish seemed like a great bet. One of the most famous pop stars in the world, Miss Eilish has 97 million followers on Instagram and another 6 million on Twitter. If just a fraction of them bought her book, it would be a hit. Okay, fact, right? It says, but her self-titled book has sold only about 64,000 hardcover copies since it came out in May. According to NPD BookScan, which tracks most printed books sold in the U.S., um, it's not, like it says, a disappointing, not necessarily a disappointing number, unless Miss Ellish got a big advance, which of course she did. It says the book cost her publisher well over $1 million. It goes on to say, it's difficult to know why this happens. Sometimes publishing and marketing executives say there is a mismatch between what people post about on social and then the subject of their book. Perhaps the books don't provide anything beyond what they've already put on Instagram. And it says, and it could be that the followers, the ones who aren't bots or paid for, aren't terribly engaged with what they post to begin with. The key point in that is the book isn't anything more than a compilation of what they already post have posted about on social. So it's that regard. So we've all heard the term. I actually spoke about it a few times um, with the use of, say, a podcast or co content creation and um, remixing it for use on other platforms. That's wise to like take clips or excerpts or things like that and and share them say from the podcast i can pull a 20 second video and pop it into an instagram reel and that brings people to my podcast they check it out they download it so you know that's just part of um, it's a great marketing strategy but there's a difference between remixing content and regurgitating content now let me explain when you want to sell something a mission a cause an ebook, a YouTube video, <laughs> um, a, a book, if you want to write a book, right? There has to be more to sell there than the same story you tell over and over and over again. 
Um, yes, they, of course, you know, in media, they say, you know, you have to repeat a message seven times before it finally like penetrates or people move to action. Okay. Well, that's, that's, I honestly, I feel like that may have been the case years ago when pretty much the only source for media was radio and television, right? Like if you heard a McDonald's ad while you were driving to the beach and you heard a McDonald's ad three times, there's a good chance maybe you're going to want McDonald's on the ride home from the beach, right? Get ice cream. But now with smartphones, tablets, personal computers, podcasts, clubhouse, all these ways we get information. I don't know about you, but if I hear an advertisement and I've heard it already, it's so irritating. I just will change the station, change the playlist, go to a different app. I have no tolerance for repeat messaging, no tolerance. So now that's just me. And again, it's probably just information overload and trying to cut out the noise because I don't want to hear it. Either that or I just completely block it out. I just completely block it out. But, and again, that may just be me, but I have a feeling mm, that's not true. So if you, if you can relate, send me a DM or leave me a message because I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are on, on repeat messaging. But back to my point, if your story is just the same basic, you know, five minute plug that you just keep regurgitating over and over and over again. But if you write a book about it, there's nothing there to tempt your following or your listeners or whatever to buy your book because they know your story inside and out because it's like maybe really not that exciting anyway, or you've told it so many times, they're just sick of it. So, and I'm sure for anyone, um, you know, wanting, if you're going to put the work into writing a book or something, you want, you want the sales to come, right? That's the whole incentive. The article goes on to say, crucially, executives say there is also an increasing awareness in the industry about the difference between the number of followers and how engaged they really are. So back to my point about that live LinkedIn event earlier, right? Over 500,000 followers and maybe 45 people were at the live event, right? So the difference between the number of followers and how engaged they really are. Do they comment? Do they share? These are things to think about. Again, if you're starting to, you know, as you, we're wrapping up FY21 and, you know, last quarter, looking at your growth or lack of growth or, you know, the goals and where you thought you'd be, where you're not, don't get super discouraged or, and don't compare yourself to someone else's growth because number one, it's your journey. It's your story, right? It's your it's your thing, and they're doing their thing. They're in their lane. They're doing their thing the way they do it, and everyone's way is different. So just don't get caught up in that. If you have if you have um, lots of responses from content you put out, if you take the time to create organic content and really think about what you're posting, and you get some great comments back or someone shares your article and then brings in someone in their network that it's relevant to and you get a conversation going with them, that's quality engagement. I'd rather have three of those a week than have a hundred people like it and say, you beautiful or lovely lady, you know, which is like, don't even get me going on that kind of stuff. But because a lot of times the influencers, half of the half the comments, yeah, they may have 
400 comments, but if you read through them, it's kind of like sexual harassment 101. Like I wouldn't even put up with, I would, I'd block all those people. But again, if you're, if you're chasing numbers and you want those, you want it to seem like there's engagement, you're not going to block anyone, no matter what they say or do. Cause you're, you're, your head's in the wrong place. Like I'd rather respect myself and call people out and say, don't, I don't want to see that in my feed. Or, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've DM'd and said one more time and you're being blocked or take that comment down or I'll report you. Just don't put up with it. I just don't put up with it. As far as the whole smoke and mirrors uh, thing too. um, And it's so funny because when you, when you have, when you're looking at things from the other side of the fence or the other side of the gate, whatever you want to call it, it's very interesting what the data reveals and analytics and things that you can, you, that I'm like, say as a podcast host, right? I'm privy to everything behind the scenes about my podcast, the top country for downloads, the, um, whether they're male or female, my listeners, um, it's actually kind of scary. Everything I can find out about you guys, (laughs) just so you know, um, what your, what your device, what device you use, where you downloaded it to, did you download it to a computer or to your smartphone? Um, all those things are in the running in the background when you have a podcast host. So I just, as far as the numbers game, again, the smoke and mirrors, um, I have experienced the situation firsthand on my podcast. So as you know, I've had a variety of guests on the show, right? I mean, from uh, guys in logistics to authors of books on bullying to um, social media influencers to people working in anti-bullying advocacy to newscasters <laughs> to um, just people at, from every walk of life. And I love that. I'm going to keep keep doing that because it's, I think just bringing that really rich, organic, different type of guests is so powerful. Among those, my lovely guests, right? Some had barely, when they were on, when they when I interviewed them at the time, let's just put it that way. They had, some had a very small, if any social media following others had hundreds of thousands of followers, maybe even millions. So there, you know, it's a wide variety, right. Of, of people that have been on the podcast and their guests. Now, obviously part of having a guest on your, my show and it's part of my, um, it's not a contract, but when I, when I do send a potential guest an invite, I explain, this is what I, this is my mission. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm asking from you. It's completely deliverable, nothing bizarre. This is what I don't like, you know, no profanity, no swearing. Um, Cause I'm not rated explicit. So it's just like the, my things. I just kind of say it up front. This is what I need you to do. You know, after the airs, share it with your network download the graph. I send them a graphic to use. It's just, I mean, it's, it's the core of my business right now. So I need to know people will help me, right. Get my podcast out there. And if, if they've been my guests, right. To share the episode with their network. I don't think that's asking too much. And, and most of the time they comply and they've been wonderful. So of course, if I have a guest on that has 50 followers on social, right even if they share it five times to their network, that's not going to bring me a lot of new listeners or bring me new connections, maybe a few, right? But not a lot. But if I have someone that has hundreds of thousands of followers on as a guest, 
and they share the episode to their network, right? That's great for me. Yeah, that's going to put my podcast in front of all of those eyes and ears. So there is a give and take. I mean, it's, I am having people on to bring to you to help to educate you, for them to share their knowledge, to inspire you, to um, motivate you, to help you if you're struggling in a toxic workplace or with workplace bullying. Yes, that is the ultimate reason I do this, but there is also the business side of it. It is business, right? The guests I've had who shared it to their network with the biggest amount of followers would give me the most downloads, right? For my, for my podcast, just because, you know, one to many. If one person can share a post to thousands, the chances that I'll get a lot of downloads from it is greater than if a person shares a, the episode to 50 followers, right? Just It's just percentage. It's a numbers game. But what's ironic is some of the most downloaded episodes of my podcast were of guests who did not have a large social media following. And the episodes with the high-profile social media influencers that have hundreds of thousands of followers were among the least downloaded episodes. So again, smoke and mirrors, right? Smoke and mirrors. Don't get caught in that trap of trying to force people into your, your mission, your, into your business, your network, because you feel you can uh, play off of their numbers game. Because this is just a, my pot, the podcast downloads is a perfect example. I mean, it's like in the lower 20% is the person had the most followers. That episode was, is in the lowest 20% downloaded. So I guess I'm saying this because I've learned from experience too. You know, people will treat you the way you let them treat you, right? So, I mean, I've had, I had a guest on that had a book coming out, is a mom, ton, you know, was commuting to the to New York for work every few days. All of these like very, very, very intense sort of stressful job, exciting, but stressful. And she was one of the most amazing guests I had and did got, got me everything I asked for, gave me everything I needed to, for the podcast notes from her, put the most incredible post out there, got tons of downloads from her episode and uh, new listeners, you know, that she referred and encouraged them to, to, you know, follow my podcast and download it. She was just amazing, amazing and extremely busy, right? So people make time for what's important to them. It, like in life and in lessons, interactions with people, you know, sometimes we, we give people chances or we maybe overextend ourselves or the peace offering or, you know, trying to be, make excuses when really ultimately it's just something that's it's not important to them. They don't see anything in it for them. So they're not going to fall through on their end. So see, watch for the signs, listen for the signs, see the signs, the red flags, and don't ignore them because like I said, ultimately, your as you build your business and you build your presence, you um you want to do it with grace and dignity, and with self respect, and you know you don't we don't need people around that don't 
don't treat us that way, right? That's, that's why we've left the toxic workplaces and we've less, left the workplace bullies in the dust. We're done with that, right? So just a little bit of um, personal experience advice uh, sharing with you today on that whole thing. Don't get, don't be impressed by or discouraged when you see the big numbers out there because it, it doesn't necessarily equate what we assume it, what we assume it equates, right? So in closing, just to, on a positive note, um, like I started out saying, you know, here we're, we're in uh, Q4, where am I at? What do I, what, ex did I get anything done this year? Because to be honest with you, I feel like I now have ADHD. I can't concentrate. I'm like the dog when you say squirrel and their head flips and they're off and running. I mean, that I'm really, really, really working hard to just focus and keep my attention on what I'm the task at hand. It's been really bad for me. And I was never like that. I was actually, I erred on the side of being so focused and intent that my, I mean, when I, my mother used to knock on my bang on my door and say, I've been calling you for dinner for 20 minutes. And I was like reading or writing or doing homework. And I was so intensely consumed by it. I didn't even hear her. So this is just a very weird, this is a weird version of Michelle and I don't like it. And I'm trying to really push back against it. But I think, you know, just as I, when I started uh, sharing just all the variables of the craziness and the, and so many things we can't control, we have no control over. So I guess that's, that's that. But I did actually, after looking at all my numbers uh, and analytics, I have a great report for you just about 12 months uh, as far as tracking data um, in the past year. So I have had, the general woman boss has had um, a 113% increase in newsletter subscribers, a 115% increase in visitors to my website, a 192% increase on social media following. That's everything from my LinkedIn business page. I didn't include my LinkedIn profile because I've never tracked it anyway. Um, although I did start out, when I started the Gentlewoman Boss, I had, I think, under 200 connections. And now, like I said, 4,000 followers. So it was just fantastic. And I love every one of you and I appreciate your support. Um, so 192% increase on social media. And wait for it, wait for it. 487% increase in podcast downloads, almost 500% increase. That's crazy in a year. Now that said, it's because I really committed to trying to put an episode out each week. Like once, I mean, that happened late this year. It was like late summer. I finally decided like, I need to just take this more serious and put the time in and, and just do it, you know, try to do it on a weekly basis. But just shows you like the um, putting the work in and the consistency and showing up for people when you say you're going to pays off 487% increase in podcast downloads. So if you're one of them that downloaded one, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, that said, if you like my podcast, if you like my show and want to hear more of it, please Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, just click that five star gold five-star rating and leave a, leave a comment. I would love, love if you could leave that. Cause here's the thing. I've been unemployed for almost two years, no, over two years now, two and a half years. And the pressure is on to get a job. My husband's ready to retire. He's done. Um, he's 
has earned his golf clubs and he is ready to retire. Um, and unfortunately, because I have been vocal about my uh, workplace retaliation experience and um, I've become, you know, very active in um, advocacy work against workplace bullying, there is, there is a, uh, unfortunately, it, it has affected my career traje trajectory immensely. And I think I knew that potential was there when I first started um, The Gentlewoman Boss and in creating this platform for people. But after dozens of resumes being sent out and being ghosted and being told they'll be in touch for a follow-up interview and then never hearing anything again for two and a half years. It is, I mean, there's, I know I'm talented. I know I have a unique skill set. I know I have a lot to offer a company and I, I know what I bring to the table, but there is that stigma that I am someone that will speak out or speak up and that unfortunately affects my job prospect, job prospects. So if, if you, if you really want to help me, um, oh, it costs me nothing to beg. All I can think of is that scene in out of Africa when Karen gets down in front of the new governor on her knees and she's just begging him. I don't feel like it's that bad, but I am being very transparent with you. Um, my podcast is just about ready to monetize. There's a certain amount of subscribers, downloads, um, that type of thing in order for it to qualify for um, monetizing. So the more you listen, download, comment, uh, follow, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, it pulls my podcast forward where it becomes more visible. And then my chances to monetize it are increased. And I really need that at this point because it's going, it will get to the point that if I can't monetize it, I'm going to have to shut it down. And I don't really want to do that. It's my baby. I've worked very hard on this with it for you. For me, it was a saving grace to have this, to, um, this project that I had to show up for, especially through the very early days when I was still, you know, struggling after getting fired. Um, but I put a lot of love and tears and punches and crazy amount of work into it. And I, I really would love to keep it going. So the more you show up for me in that way, the better chance I can keep showing up for you and bringing you my amazing guests that I have lined up and really continuing to help, help everyone to, um, show up as a gentleman or a gentlewoman in life at work, at home, um, wherever wherever life takes you, right? We never take off that, those qualities. So thanks for listening. And remember that a lot of times what you see online or on social is just smoke and mirrors, right? So don't be discouraged. You just keep your head down, do the work and your time will come too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. Please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. 
I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show. Just visit thegentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at gentlewomanboss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember, always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast.